Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast, a space where we share inspiring interviews and stories from thoughtful leaders in business, health and wellness, entrepreneurship and sports. Here we talk about tools, habits, routines and tactics they use that help them feel calm, revived and rebalanced whenever they face challenges in life. I'm your host, Nico Estrella, a serial entrepreneur, former professional soccer player and co-founder of WACU. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast. I am super excited for today's episode. I have Leah Johnson with us today. Uh, she's an elite endurance athlete, life coach, motivational speaker, and mother of four children ages 8 to 16. She finds the time to compete in the Boston Marathon every spring and recently qualified to race at the Ironman World Championship in Kona. That's amazing. In Hawaii next October. Leah uses her expert mental conditioning skills to perform at the highest level and teaches others to maximize their mindset. Me included, I am very happy that I was able to be coached by Leah in the past year. Amazing results with her. A little bit more about Leah. She's a media savvy, having been featured on many TV segments as an expert life and business coach, including the NBC, CBS, Live from the Couch, Good Day Philadelphia, Insiders Health TV, and the Huffington Post Live. She's also been a guest on over 50 radio shows and hosted her own live weekly radio show, skillfully interviewing over 75 dynamic guests, known for exceptional interviewing skills. She served as guest host on nearly 10 other shows. Her speaking personality easily shines through, as probably everybody's going to be able to witness today, while she offers credible insights into timely current events and proven advice to viewers. Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nico. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I am. Uh, I have a lot of questions uh, for today. <laughs> I, I know that the, the time is gonna run run very fast. So, um, my first questions for you are more regarding your your story, uh, starting as an endurance athlete. Because if you read your bio, uh, you seem like an indestructible woman, and like it seems like you've. It's crazy being mom of four of four children and doing all those all these amazing things, um, but I know that you started your career. You can you can say like kind of like late later than than many many endurance athletes do. You you started your career at forty two years old, if I am correct. Um, so I wanted to to know a little bit more about that story of like when you just started um, were you in, in what point of your life were you at the other at, at 42 like what motivated you to start being an endurance athlete that's a that's a great question um i was always an athlete like as a kid i participated in a lot of sports organized sports you know, whether it was basketball, softball, tennis, volleyball, I did a lot of sports. I never did any running, any running, any biking, any swimming, any kind of triathlon related sports, which is going to come back to make the story more interesting. So I was a competitive kid. And then once I was in my 20s and 30s, I really didn't do any, any more sports. Like, you know, in college, I played sports. But then after that, I didn't do anything. And then next thing you know, you get married, you have children. And you don't do much for you. You really start to, your, your, your life is sort of the priorities shift and you're more like, you know, taking care of children and babies. And all of a sudden I hit 40 and I said, I, I miss my competitive self. I miss competing in sports and pushing myself and challenging myself and seeing how I can compete. So I started doing CrossFit and that was super fun. And the next thing you know, I ran a local 5K and my friends were like, wow, you're, you know, you're a pretty good runner. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I had run a little bit, Nico. Like I had run just to lose weight after having a baby, like nothing, nothing time, nothing, no races, nothing like that. But then I said, my neighbor said, let's do a half marathon. I said, oh my God, I've never run more than five miles in my life. I don't think I can do it. My knees, my back, you know, all these things like you worry about. And so the funny thing is, nope, everybody that decided to sign up for the half marathon, I was the only one who ran it. 
everybody else bailed out. They were like, I'm like, how are we doing with our training? They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, remember the half marathon? They're like, really, Leah, you signed up for that? I'm like, I did. I thought we were all doing it. They're like, no. So that was fun. Um, and anyway, I did this. So I did the half marathon and it went super well. I did great. I had fun. I wanted to do it so that it was something I would do again, right? I wanted to do it and race this half marathon so that it wasn't torture. So it was super fun. And I kind of got the bug, Nico. I got the bug. And then I said, all right, I'm going to do a full marathon. So at age 42, I did my first full marathon. And it was epic. Like it was really a lot of training. And I happened to get lucky enough to qualify for the Boston Marathon in my first marathon, which is ridiculous. Like, I mean, I didn't even know what that was. Like, I, I was so oblivious to the whole running world at the time, which made it even kind of more fun because I didn't focus on it. Like, I wasn't focused on that as being the goal, Nico. I was focusing on the process, right? And this is kind of where my coaching comes in. It's like I coach my clients to focus on the process, not on the outcome. So keep that in the back of your mind. Then I get an invitation to do uh, run the New York City Marathon five weeks later. So now I'm doing two marathons in five weeks. I'd never done any. And then I do Boston that April. So now I'm running, I ran three marathons in six or seven months or something like that. So I'm like, holy cow, this is insane. And then someone's like, you should try triathlon. Now, Nico, I've never swam a lap in a pool in my life. Like never. I don't like the water. Here I am. I live on Long Island. For anybody listening, I live on an island, which is surrounded by water. And I don't like the water. I don't swim in it. I just bathe next to it. I look at it. But I don't go and in. Was it a thing that you were scared of the water, or or was just like you didn't like to swim? I just didn't like it. I, I I didn't like it. I mean, I had been in the ocean as a kid. Like I grew up here, so you know, I could swim to save my life, Nico. Like I could go into, I, I could go to the ocean and bob up and down in the waves. But I didn't know how to do a swim stroke properly. I, I I'd never done it. Uh, so I was. I guess I wasn't scared, but I wasn't comfortable, I think is really the word. So I go to this swim clinic. My friends say, well, you have to come to this triathlon swim clinic, right, Nico? And I said, okay, that's what I need to do. Now, I don't know anything about swimming. So I don't know what a pull buoy is, fins. I don't have a bathing suit. I don't have a cap or goggles. I get all this stuff off of um, you know, Amazon or whatever. And I show up at this pool And Nico, they're all in lanes. So there's like eight lanes of people. And lane eight, they're flying. These people are swimming like a million miles an hour. And lane one, which is where they put me, we're putting our face in the water and blowing bubbles. <laughs> that was me. Blowing bubbles in lane one. Can you picture it? Oh, my God. That's how beginner I was. And they said, okay, swim across to the other side of the pool. And I was like out of breath. Like I couldn't even, I didn't even know how to breathe or swim. And miraculously, three years later, no, and I'm, three years later, I qualified to swim and race in Kona, Hawaii at the wow. Ironman World Championship. So what does that mean? Um, that means with, you know, hard work and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of resilience and a lot of determination starting from zero, like, which is what I was. And that was in the wintertime. So come spring, we decided to swim out in the open water, which you, you know about. I was so beginner. I showed up at the beach with my friends to swim with the wetsuit zipped in the front. <laughs> that, I mean, so you talk about, and this wasn't that Nico, this wasn't that long ago. This was like a couple of years ago. Like I was not at all versed in anything triathlon related, especially swimming. Could I run? Yes. But I'd never clipped in on a bicycle in on, on clip-ins. I'd never done that. I'd never ridden a road bike. Never. So my point to all of this ridiculous stories is the embarrassing stories that, that I share is that everybody starts somewhere. Everybody starts somewhere. And wherever you're at in your journey, there are people that are behind you and there are people that are ahead of you. And there's that's always going to be the case. There's always going to be somebody more more experienced than you. And there's always going to be somebody who's who would kill to be where you're at, right? Yeah. Whether that's in a business like you have or a business like mine, they're going to look at us and say, wow, babe, they're so experienced. And we're looking at ourselves like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, so 
Yeah. It's okay to be where you are, like to be super present and to be like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And you'll get to wherever you need to be. But it's it's just humbling when you look, you know, sometimes we have to stop and take a look back and say, wow, I really have come pretty far. Mm-hmm. Like I really have. So I think that's really what I wanted to share with that story. And so I have a couple follow-up questions then. Well, after you did your first races, after you ran that first 5K and the first half marathon, mm-hmm. um, first, what do, what do you think was about running that made you stick with it? Like, what, what was the thing that you liked about running and why did you make it like, okay, because like you have to like it to sign up for a, for a marathon, yeah. right? Um, so first, what, what did you like about running? I, I, there's something about it, obviously, that I like. I like being able to push myself. I like seeing what I'm capable of doing. I like improving. I like learning about a sport. You know, I always, I did a segment recently on, um, on NBC in New York, and it was about being obsessed and how it's okay to be obsessed. Like being obsessed is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I talked about, I became like a, a little bit obsessed with, with running and learning what, what was the best way to run, when to run, how often to run, what kind of shoes to use, what kind, you know, the nutrition. I became a student of the sport. And I think that was exciting for me, you know, because I hadn't done it so long. It had been so long since I was able to throw myself into something that was purely a hobby, right? It just was, it was a healthy hobby, you know? So, you know, some people knit and sew and some people cook and some people decorate. I run, you know, I always say, I know my, I know my gifts. (laughs) This is what I've been gifted with. So I just got excited about getting better and just seeing what I was capable of doing and, and being in that, in that place. And it gave me such an opportunity to be in my, my head and in my body and to like really feel like, wow, this is so exhilarating, you know? So I got that out of it. Not everybody's going to get that from it, but I just looked at it as the ultimate challenge. Yeah, and I think you mentioned something very important that I think whenever you are um, starting to starting running or starting a business or starting something, something new and something challenging, and I think it's very important to... Um, get to know yourself and get to know like what are your what are your skills what are your abilities what's like how's your personality like mm-hmm. uh, like what's that authentic self of yours um, because if you are put in the right conditions and if you just sign up for a race you're gonna flourish and you're gonna be like mm-hmm. you're gonna be in your environment basically because that's right. that's who you are kind of like taking out other things that are maybe not you as like maybe you're not, a, not an artist, maybe you're not uh, an expert at cooking. So you have something to, to really focus on. Uh, that I, I really, that I think for me, that's been super important as like getting obsessed with a business and or getting obsessed with soccer at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that because of my skills and my background, my personality, I was I, I am very good fitted for for marketing, let's say, or for or for doing business. Um, and I, I know that maybe running is not for running a marathon. Maybe it's not for everyone, right? Um, but um, for the people that still doesn't know what are their skills and what are their what are they good for i i know a lot of people that uh, can be like having a normal try, uh, easy life they're having a good life uh, probably but they can feel that they don't feel this passion for mm-hmm. anything in particular um how do you think someone like like this can start uh, with something can start finding out what are their skills and like what's their authentic self like what's their uh, running for them or how, mm-hmm. how do you think somebody like that can can start that's a good question like how do they find their gifts and their passion um i think you know the best thing obviously to do is to just try different things but i always ask a lot of my clients to think about what they did as a kid what did you do 
when you were 10, 11, 12, 15, 16 that you loved? You know, maybe they took a class in high school in ceramics and they loved that. And that was just something that just lit them up. Like, you know, right away and you know, as an interviewer, probably when you talk to people, what lights them up. The minute they start talking about it, their face changes, right? So everybody always says to me, the minute I start talking about running or sports or competing, I light up. So it's like, what is that thing that lights you up? And it doesn't, I think people try and make sense of it, Nico. They try and, they try and intellectualize it. Like they try and make it have meaning. Well, it can't be ceramics. That doesn't make any sense. You know, my, you know, I, 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 I majored in psychology. Why would ceramics be the thing? But who, who knows? Like you can't try and justify it or try and understand it. You just have to let it sort of take over and then just go with it. And it could be teaching ceramics to kids. It could be teaching ceramics to adults. It could be donating and volunteering your time. Who knows? Well, I'm just using, I don't know why I'd pick ceramics as an example, but it's just the opposite of what I do. So I think the first question is not to try and question it, not to try and make sense of it. Just think about what just makes you happy. Like, what would you do if if you had free time, like what would, you know, for me, my free time, I get free time. I exercise. That is the first thing I do. I don't get my nails done. I don't go shopping. I don't decorate. I don't cook. I don't sleep. I exercise. That's my, that's what I want to do with my free time. So you have to ask people like, what would you do if you had, someone gave you a free hour, what would you do? That's it. Like, what would you do? And the first thing that comes to your mind is usually that's the, that might be your thing. It's reading. It might be journaling. It might be meditating. It might be cooking. It might be calling a friend or watching a TV show. Like, you know, there's a lot of ways to discover what your gift is and your passion is. But my first uh, advice, piece of advice is don't try and overthink it. I love it. And I, I also think that... Um... One thing that you mentioned also, it's it's super important here. And it's like, I know that for most people, whenever they are asked this question, and I know this was true for me, is that, okay, but having an extra hour is not real for me. Like I work in a right. nine to five job, but I normally work extra hours and I have, as your kids, I have four kids. Um, so I don't have time to start uh, searching for this new thing for mm-hmm. me. Uh, what what would you say to someone to someone that that's in this, this scenario? That's a great question. Great follow up. And again, it's hypothetical. Sometimes it's not. Do you have an extra hour? It's like, what would you do if you had an extra hour? <laughs> like, yeah. what would you do if you had that time? If you don't, but I think I would ask them, what do people come to you the most for? What do people ask you to help them with? What do people ask your advice about? People ask me for advice about exercise. How do I fit it in? They ask me about juggling kids and business and family and jobs. So that's another tip to what your gifts might be is what do people come to you for? Do they ask you for business advice? Do they ask you for health advice? Do they ask you for, you know, what is it they're looking to ask? That's usually an indication of what your passion is. It's something you do effortlessly. It's something that you do that you ma- you're magnetic about. So people always want to go to you for that. So it could be your Facebook posts. You're always posting about, I'm just making this up. I'm always posting a lot about exercise. So people see my face and I'm happy when I'm doing it. And they're like, oh, I want to ask. So it, it sometimes it's very intangible. It's not always this obvious thing. But to people who don't have time to go exploring what their thing is, what do people talk to you about? What do they ask you for? So that's usually a good, also a good indication. I love that. Um, and then my other follow-up question on, on your story, whenever you were starting your career, um, I know, and, and I remember that this was a, a big part of uh, the coaching that I had with you and it was overcoming these limiting beliefs, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I know we all have, a lot of limiting beliefs moreover whenever we're starting something mm-hmm. that we have maybe never done it before or maybe we have tried a little bit and we don't feel that we are amazing and maybe if it's 
ceramics yeah. or cooking, you may not feel like super confident. So you have a lot of uh, self-limiting beliefs, right? Um, what were your own self-limiting beliefs whenever you were starting to, to run and whenever you get, were starting to get excited about it? Um, and, and how did you overcome those? That's another good question. So it's, when I first started, Nico, I thought at, 40, at 42, that was going to be the fastest I was ever going to be. In my head, that was it because I was only getting older and older meant slower, right? So I was convinced this is my first marathon. This will be my fastest one. And that was my limiting belief. That was the belief that I had. And I was like, and I, I wasn't sad about that. I was just like, I guess that's what's going to be. And someone said to me, as a guy that was, he, he wound up coaching me. He said, what are you talking about? I said, well, I'm not going to get any faster. He says, why not? I said, because I'm getting older. <laughs> like, it's not, you know. And we're not talking older like 18 to 20. We're talking older 42, 43, 44, 45. You know, I was like, well, I have four kids. Like this body isn't going to get faster. He's like, it absolutely will. And I was like, really? So I ran my first marathon. My second one was faster. My third, everyone got faster. Oh, nice. Which was crazy to me. So my belief was I couldn't get faster as I got older. But as I got older, I was a smarter athlete. I, was, I learned about the sport. I knew more about the training, my body, and all these things. So don't always assume going into something that you have all the answers and that like that was my belief. I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to do any better. How could that possibly be? Yeah, and I can see there, and I, I know that this is true for me as well, is that whenever you have somebody else that can help you realize that is it's a very good way to start to overcome those. First, I think it's super important to kind of like realize that mm -hmm. you actually have a limiting belief because normally we don't see it as limiting beliefs, which is this, like it's right. in front of our eyes and it's like that's our reality, basically. Um, Are there other ways on how people can start to realize that they have a limiting belief? Um, one can be, as, as, as I was saying, talking with a, a coach like you or talking with somebody that's farther along the road mm -hmm. uh, than you. Um, but have you, have you seen that there are other useful things uh, to realize, okay, this is a limiting belief, I should work on this? Well, typically it's when we say the same things over and over again. We find ourselves saying, I don't have enough time. 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 You know, we have, we've, we've placed this belief on ourselves that we don't have the time. We don't have the resources. We don't have the, the money. I don't have the money. I don't have the money. You know, if you keep saying I don't have the money, you're not going to have the money. If you keep saying I don't have the time, you don't have the time. But typically to have somebody close to us, because I agree with you, we typically cannot see things. We're too close to our life, right? We're too, we're too in it to notice what's going on. You need someone trustworthy outside of you to say, listen, you know, you keep talking about this, not having enough time. I, I, and have them call you out on it. Just say to, say to someone you trust, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. Do you see anything I'm doing that is that you think might be preventing me from moving forward? And, and if there's someone you trust who you, you know, you know well enough and you see that they are, their beliefs are in alignment with yours, there's someone that, you know, you don't want to ask the wrong person. I think that's, in, that's important. You don't want to ask someone who you don't value their, their input. This has to be someone who's a mentor or someone who's, like you said, ahead of you and say, what am I, what, what do you see that I'm doing wrong? And they'll, they'll tell you if they're a good friend and a, and, a, and a confidant, they'll tell you, you know, you're always talking about not having enough time and not having enough resources and not having enough whatever, it, it, you know, you're manifesting that when you keep saying it, you're, bec that's becoming your reality because you're speaking it into existence. Like we have to be careful about the words that we use because we tend to speak things into existence and make them true if we keep saying it over and over again so i think that's also i mean that's kind of a different topic but just the language that we use and how we say our limiting beliefs out loud we're like you know and next thing you know they're happening because we keep repeating it over and over again yeah yeah sorry about the barking dog no worries at all
Um, but you know, yeah, it's it's completely true, and I, and I think also for me a big thing has been um, the type of content that I consume um, mm-hmm. in in any way, like the type of content that I consume on social media or the podcast that I listen. Um, I realized that um, whenever you are feeding your mind the right type of content you start to realize some things about yourself. So, for example, for me, following you on social media is amazing. Following uh, Jesse Hitler is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, being, just like listening to people talking about this type of stuff, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've noticed very helpful for me to just uh, notice my own limiting beliefs and, and just like feed my mindset in the right way. That's hugely important because we talk about, I talk about this a lot, our consumption, our external factors, those things that we consume, the TV shows that you consume, the social media that you consume. Consumption is also people that you surround yourself with, what you're listening to, the in, the inputting that you're having in your brain, in your life, what you're surrounding, the energy. All of these things can contribute to either a positive or a negative. And people don't recognize it, though, Nico. I think that's the, what you're speaking to is really the awareness. Like, I don't even know I have limiting beliefs. Like, wow. And we all have them. Like, there's nothing wrong with having them because some of it is just we've we've been telling ourselves this story. We're so comfortable with this with this narrative, right? The narrative is I'm blah 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 blah, and that's it. And then what we do, Nico, is we look to just we look for supporting evidence of that. Yeah. As soon as something happens that we think is going to happen, oh, there it is. is. I told you, I don't have good luck when I run marathons. I always blah, 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 blah. So we look for the supporting evidence of that. That's just what our brain is doing. So we, we have to get ahead of that. We have to have that mindset that challenges that narrative and challenges that story and says, no, I'm going to rewrite the story. This is not going to be the outcome. That is the old story. This is the now the new story is I overcame my fear of running a marathon and I will finish it and I will be healthy and I'll run. I won't get injured and I won't blah, blah, blah. So, but again, the first step is having that awareness. And I think if you want to have it, Nico, I think you can have it. I think people choose sometimes to just kind of put the blinders on. They don't want to see it. Hey, just a quick pause for a message from Waku and we will be right back to the interview. We are very excited to let everyone know we've just launched Waku's crowdfunding equity campaign through Republic, a platform that allows anyone to invest in private startups like Waku. Waku is now part of a very exclusive group of highly vetted startups from Republic and now you can become an investor of Waku starting with investments as small as $100. If you'd like to learn more about why to invest in Waku and why this is such a great investment opportunity, you can go to republic.co forward slash Waku. That's R-E-P-U-B-L-I-C dot C-O forward slash W-A-K-U. We will be thrilled to have you join us in our journey to bring to the world the most refreshing herbal tea with gut health benefits and help to create impact in the livelihoods of hundreds of Ecuadorian farmers. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, and it's funny because just right now, just like in these uh, 30 minutes that we've been talking, I, I just realized one limiting belief of myself that I, I haven't thought about it before, but um, I started running more often uh, in, the past, uh, in the past year. I, I started to run more and I started to become faster. Um, and I started to play soccer again. That was super fun for me. Um, but I think it was one month ago I got injured uh, playing soccer, and it was um, I, it was just like a thing that I ran a long distance on Sunday, and then I played a game on Tuesday, and I played another game on Wednesday, and I got my knee injured. Ah. And you, one thing that I started to think after after this like because my knees are like soccer player knees and they are very kind of like all knees of an old person I think because they've been used, used a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah because my whole life until I was uh, 
18, 19 years old, I was playing every day of the week. So they are, they are very, very used. Um, but I started to let myself believe that that's just how it is. And okay, I'm not going to be able to run marathons because as I played too much soccer when I was a kid, this is like, as you said, the fastest that I am going to be. And mm-hmm. that was for me 10 years ago. That's like the most fit that, I've ever, that I will ever be. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I realize that can be just like a limiting belief that I have. Yeah, you have to work around that. You have to say, okay, what do I need to do to build up my knees to, to you know, whether that's strength training or PT or whatever, you got to figure out and get around that. Because you'll hear, if you look for stories of, Soccer players who overcame knee injuries to be endurance athletes. Like you search that. Um, I'm sure there are lots of stories of athletes and you're probably not the only soccer player who has knee issues. I'm sure. Yeah. But I was, when I started running, I used to run a little bit, like I said, and I would get up to five miles and my knee would hurt my right knee that I hurt when I was a kid. And I had the thought in my head, Nico, I'm like, I can't run more than five miles and my knee starts to hurt. And it did. It was legit. Um, so when I was training for a half marathon, I was like, how am I going to run more than five miles? Every time I get up to five or six, it starts to hurt. So I got to six miles and it hurt. I kept running the next week I got to seven miles and it hurt. And then it, it never hurt again. I don't know what happened, but that kept me from in my head. I was like, no, I can't, it's going to hurt me. It's going to be an issue. It has never knock on wood been an issue. And it was like bad. So, you know, again, if you believe something, if you believe that there is an answer and there is another outcome and there's another way to, 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 to get this done, if you believe that with all your heart, like you'll find it, you'll find that way. It's just a matter, like you said, many people just close the book and say, well, that's that. I have bad knees from soccer. I guess I can't run. Yeah. So I'm glad you figured that out. And now you can look into it and say, wait, there's got to be a way. There has to be somebody who's who has some answers to this. And I I hope you find those answers. I want you to run. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And, and I think I, I and, and that's the thing, right? You just have to get on top of it and, and find the solution to to that problem instead of letting it guide your your life or define you. Um, maybe it's running less Nico maybe it's running two miles at a time until you work through that until you strengthen the knee and the legs and the muscles around the knee you know I don't know anything I'm not a peach I'm not a physical therapist or or an orthopedic surgeon but I I believe like if I were working with you I would have you run short distances for a long time yeah. but multiple short distances and then work on your fitness so whether that's doing something else to get your lung capacity up to speed so that when you do go out and run, it's, you know, the legs work and the lungs work and you're set to go. But anyway, you'll discover that and you'll let me know how that goes. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Are you, um, I I wanted to ask you, are you currently experiencing or battling a specific limiting belief or what was the last, like the most recent limiting belief that you, that you were able to overcome? That's a good question. Um, I have a challenging limiting belief that I'm working on that I'm trying to do a lot of things at one time. <laughs> so as, as are many type A competitive people, I'm trying to build a full-time business while working a full-time job. And I think you could probably appreciate this as well as you build your business. And there are some days where I find myself saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. This is impossible. This is impossible. And I have to change that story. You know, I have to figure out um, there is a way to do it and I will get it done. And it is going to be hard. And I don't, you know, I like to be successful, you know, and things, I like things to come easily to me, you know, and I worked hard to get to where I am in triathlon. I have to apply the same principles to building, you know, a business that will replace my other business so I can only have one instead of two. So that's my challenge, Nico. And it's, it's a daily, it's a daily challenge for me, for sure. I overcame the triathlon and the water issue. That was big for me because I, you know, didn't know how to swim and I worked really hard at that, overcoming that and getting there. So I can just 
do the same thing with this. And this is what I'm, I'm just, I'm just in it now. So it's, it's, it's hard when you're in it because you don't know where you're at. You're like just doing the work and then you look, get to look back and go, wow, that was challenging, but I did it. So that's the end of the story that I am projecting. Yeah. And I think that a great thing about accomplishing difficult things in your life is that often they serve as building blocks for your next big thing, right? Yep. Um, and that kind of like builds the momentum for for the next big challenge that that, that you have. A hundred percent. And it also builds confidence, Nico, when you, every time you overcome something that is challenging or that you didn't think you could do and you wound up doing, you you add another I, I call it like the confidence bucket. Like you, you drop another ticket in that bucket and it creates the confidence gives you the ability to take risks. Taking risks gives you the ability to gain confidence. So it's like, which one comes first? And, you know, we have to take action to get answers. So every time you take action, whether you win or lose, you're going to gain something. So I, you know, I try and tell people just take that chance. And if it doesn't work out, then find another way, go another direction. I lost my train of thought. Totally. It just went, poof. No, yeah, no, I totally agree. It's like, if, because if, if like, let's say running, it's not your passion, but you decide to sign for a half marathon or for a full marathon even, um, and you do it, and it's the only marathon that you will ever do in your life because you probably don't enjoy that much running. But I think that even just that that fact of achieving that one hard thing, that's like it's something that you did. Nobody nobody can take that out from you. That's right. That that will give you confidence to okay, with ceramics is for you. Whenever you are starting, it's like okay, I already did that hard thing. I know that I can put the same energy into doing this. Exactly. So I, I think that's why it's super important to always be trying to put those hard things in your plate, right? Like even even if you still don't know what's your passion and what what are you great at, just like it's super important to put that newness in your plate and just like challenge yourself because, as you said, like that's the that's what I love about the process, right? And the process right. of doing the things um, will get you to where you need. To, to where you need to be, right? So And the so more you fail, the more you fail, the more information you get. It's just information. Every time you fail at something or you don't like it, it's just it's information. It's 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 and you're just looking if you look at it that way, like I'm looking to gather information. What do I love? What don't what don't I love? Because at the same time you can figure out things that you don't enjoy. Like why am I doing this? This doesn't bring me any joy. This doesn't bring me any pleasure. This is not moving my needle in any way. Why am I doing it? And sometimes we get to eliminate things through this process because we're like, why? I'm just doing this out of habit. Like a lot of times we do things out of habit. It's just what we do. And we're like, why do we? So when you take a broad look at everything you're doing and you're like, why the heck? This is, this is not in alignment in any way with what I want to do. I want to try this. Now it opens up space, right? So if you eliminate something, and that, Nico, can be people too. Sometimes we have people in our lives that are just there for just by habit. Like I used to realize, I used to talk to people that were so negative and they just didn't bring anything to the table. And I was like, why am I spending time with these people who are really not moving my needle at all? And I eliminated a lot of them, not, you know, meanly or anything like that. You just start to slowly move away. And that opened up way more space for things that I could bring into my life that were meaningful and, and would get me to a better place. So I think it's a lot of, I think the bulk of this conversation, if I can like sum it up, is that it's just an awareness, Nico, an awareness of what brings us joy, what lights us up, let's do more of that. And if you don't know what it is, it's time to experiment. It's time to talk to people. It's time to do things. Read a book that's different. Go out on an adventure. If someone says, hey, you want to do this skydiving? Great, go do it. You know, I'm just being amused now as an example. But like you said, and it may not be your thing and you may not be good at it. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And that brings me to, to my next question. And um, I know that we are approaching the the end of the year it's crazy that this year just like 
crazy flew by. I know. But I know that this is a point where people start to, some people start to already think about their goals for the next year, or uh, this ha- this can happen at the end of the year or at the beginning of the of the new year, and a lot of people, uh, including myself, a lot of times we put like a lot of incredible goals for the next year and you maybe start january strong and then you fall off the wagon in one month um what what do you think is important or can be important at this stage of uh, setting up your goals for the next year um so you are so you set yourself uh, to kind of like avoid this falling off the wagon in the in in the next year Well, I think it's a great question. I think people tend to sabotage themselves by putting unrealistic and ridiculous kinds of goals. Let me give you an example. Like January 1st, I'm going to go to the gym every single day and I'm going to be sugar-free. Like I'm not going to eat. I mean, that's just not realistic. Like it's just not. The way to create new habits is to start small and build. So I tell people that want to become runners or become fitness, you know, experts or exercise every day is to start small. It's start small and build, you know, and be specific with your goals. I want to be, you know, if you write down January 1, by the end of this year, I want to be exercising every day. And that's it. Like, I don't, not, not to say things like I want to lose 40 pounds, not to put this number on it, but to be like, I want to be a healthy, fit individual. And then Okay, then back it up. Well, what do I need to be that person? Well, I need to exercise five days a week and I need to eat healthy. Okay, well, what does that mean? That means I need to eat, cut out some sugar and not eat after 7 p.m. at night. So it, it's become making it small and not so overwhelming and breaking it down into little steps though, Nico. It's not, you don't want to make a list of all the things you're going to do. It, 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 that's, that just, this is my opinion. I break it down into things that I have to do daily and then I make it a habit. So it's like, okay, I want to exercise every day. It doesn't say I have to exercise an hour every day. It doesn't say I have to eliminate all carbs from my diet every day. You know, that's, that's almost impossible to do. So you're setting yourself up for failure when you do that. But I think people do that on purpose. It's an easy out. It's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that. Knowing full well, Nico, they couldn't do that. It's just not doable. But when you put goals that are small and manageable, and then they, they build into bigger goals by the end of the year. So I would break it down into like quarterly goals. Like the beginning of the year, I'm just going to exercise every day. That could be anything. Five minutes, a walk around the block, whatever it is. Then it builds into, once you build it into a habit, then it's losing some weight or getting fit. That's just my approach. I love that. And um, and then let's say I already broke down my goal. I love this approach because it's super, it feels super doable. It doesn't feel that it's overwhelming at all. So it's very mm-hmm. attainable. Um, but I know that um, it's going to be inevitable that at some point you are going to wake up one day where you really don't feel that you want to go for that run that you committed yourself to. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you stay motivated on those days and how how do you like stay on track because i i know that this has happened to me sometimes like even i think it gets worse the more i build into it like let's say i was i started meditating and i got to a streak of like 99 days i remember this clearly because i was That's one so day good. one day away from the 100 day mark and something happened during the weekend and I was not able to meditate for one day. Yeah. And I think I was too hard on myself. And I was, I, I think I stopped meditating for two, three weeks. Um, and I felt it was just like, I don't know, I maybe felt like I failed at meditating. That's like, I think it's the mm-hmm. totally the opposite thing of what you have to, like the mindset of meditating. But I don't yeah. know how my brain works. So how, how how do you stay motivated into those days? And what, what should be the right approach in, in those moments? I think the approach is it's one day at a time. And you have to look at that one day by itself. So if one day doesn't go well, that doesn't go into the next day. That day is gone. That day is over. 
that day does not affect the next day. So if, if you did what you needed to do on that day, great, but you get, you start over. So, and by the same token, if you didn't do what you needed to do on that day, that day is over. So we have to let go of what happened before. And this is meditation that, you know, it's it, begin again, right? What do they say? Begin again, just begin again, just with your breathing. It's, you get away from your breath, you go back to your breath, you go back to beginning. So people tend to say, well, I didn't work out yesterday. What's the point of doing today? And they, they, they just say, forget it. And, but the, the most important piece is to let go of what happened already and to be present and just focus on what can you do today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday. It's about today. And, to, and then you just take small steps, Nico. It's not, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do another 100 days straight. That doesn't matter. It's what can I do today? Stay in the moment. That's like when I coach athletes, if they miss a workout, they get so upset. Then they try and double up and make up for what they did yesterday. No, no, no. Yesterday is gone. Don't do yesterday. Do today. Yeah. And then do tomorrow. So that's a really hard concept for people because they, you know, they're so caught up in the perfectness of it. Like, but I missed a day. But so what? You did 99 other days. You know, if, if if my kid got a 99 out of 100 on his test, I would be pretty happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Right? But we focus on the one point that we missed. So I think my answer to you is, or anybody about like staying motivated in the winter, I get this question all the time. It's like, how do we stay motivated when we, we've been on a streak of not doing anything? All you need to think about is what can I do in this moment? to make myself one step closer to what I'm trying to achieve. That's all. Like I found myself going on the bike at seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night. And I do not want to, I do not. I don't care how motivated I am. I don't care how fit I am or how big my goals are. I would much rather be cozy in my pajamas sitting on the couch than on my bike in the basement. That is a hundred percent true. And that is true for anyone. But I tell myself, if I want to be what most people are not going to be, I'm going to do the thing most people won't do. That drives me, Nico, though. So you have to find out like what, and I talk to my clients about this, like what is your, your why? What drives you? So what, and I can only answer for me. You have to answer for you and everybody listening has to answer for them. For me, I want to leave a legacy, right? So I want to, I like being that 1%. I like being the 40 something year old mom of four who works two jobs and still competes in Ironmans at a high level. That drives me. I like to be that outlier, right? So that is going to fuel my motivation. That's what's going to get me on the treadmill at eight o'clock at night for an hour. Because I want, I want to maintain that status as that exception to the rule. That's what drives me. But that's me. So you have to find out what's going to get you out of bed in the morning or on the treadmill at night or whatever the case may be. I want to leave a story to my kids, my family. I want to be that person that they, they see in the grocery store and they're like, that girl, she's cool. Like she does all this crazy shit. You know? <laughs> like I want them to point and, 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 you know, snicker behind my back and be like, wow, she's nuts. But I love that. That's what brings me joy. So you've got to find out what is it that's going to bring you that same, that's going to light you up. That's going to get you to do that. But so there's two things. So it's one is just do what's in front of you today. Do what you can do with what you have right this minute. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Yesterday's gone. It's now. Mm -hmm. And I think we, we uh, circled back to the importance of authenticity, right? And the importance of uh, knowing yourself and knowing your why. And at the end of the day, that's what's going to keep you pushing the, when the days get hard and whenever things get super hard, that why you started the thing or why you started to run or start why did you wanted to start a business in the first place if it's authentic that's gonna help you 
to keep pushing because basically that's who you are uh, and you're yeah. kind of like taking the things that you are not and that will help you just stay focused in the goals mm-hmm. that you that you have so i i really like that leah thank you for sharing that uh, and if you're trying if you're doing something for someone else nico like if you're doing it for someone other than you it, it, it's never going to be your your full self is never going to be in it you know you have to find out but i also think people get caught up in it has to be something so big right nico it has to be in a marathon or an ultra marathon or a blah 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 like it doesn't have to be that find out what it is for you you know and whatever that is wherever you're at you know i i, I think we we tend to glorify a lot of these big events and things like it doesn't have to be that big you know set a goal and then go get it and then set another goal you know like set something small like mine was a half marathon that was a big deal a big deal i you know a lot and i did that i said okay i'm good now okay so i'm going to do another half marathon i did another one okay you know did i jump up pretty quickly yeah but i was good at it so that that made it easier for me but it doesn't matter what distance it is it's it's make it true to you don't do it for the sake of someone else or or the ability to to post about it on facebook do it for something inside of you that to show yourself that you are capable of setting a goal and following through and that will get you hold yourself accountable put yourself on the hook you know as they say like Mm -hmm. hold yourself accountable don't do it for anybody but you i love that I love that. And to start wrapping up our conversation, um, I a, a lot of our audience are also moms. Um, and I know that this, this can be true for, for any person that's super busy, but I, I really think that the job of be, being a mom is one of the most busy ones that, that there is. Uh, so I, I, I think that whenever you are so busy in life, um, that can sometimes be an excuse to don't go after big goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how do you manage to just like juggle the time between all the things that, that, that you do? What, what, can, uh, what would you say to someone that's as busy as you are that, can be a, uh, that was a, a good recommendation for you to be able to do all those things at the same time? This is a you know a great question, and I get it all the time. And the the answer is not an easy one to swallow because it's you really have to evaluate how you spend your time. Um, and if you prioritize what if 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 it's important to you, you will make time for it. That's the bottom line. Like, and I, not to brag, but like you know, I I work every day full time. I have a coaching business on the side. I coach for BACC also. I have four children, a house, and I train for Ironmans. And I'm training for a 50K right now. So if I can find time to manage, so what does that mean, right, Nico? So like what's something has to give, right? So, and again, I mentioned it before, like I don't go, I don't get my nails done. I don't go shopping. I don't, I don't really, I don't watch a single ounce of television ever. So, you know, there is time in your day, you know, look at how much time you're spending on your Instagram feed. And I do spend too much time doing that. But, you know, and if it's important to you, I always talk about like, I have this like triangle, you have your job, you have your family, and then you have something else that you do with passion. And it's like super important to you. We have to minimize the other things. And that requires an honest look at what we do. You know, that's spending time with people that don't bring us joy anymore. And we just do it, like I mentioned before, out of habit. Like, why am I walking with my neighbor when all she does is complain for an hour and a half? And like, why am I doing this? Like, you know, I feel bad that she doesn't have anybody to walk with, but then I'm not, you know, taking care of my kids. Or So it's eliminating, saying no to a lot of things that really don't match what we are trying to, what we're trying to accomplish. And Sometimes it's okay to be a little bit selfish. Like it's okay to say, no, my kids are more important. So I spend time with my kids, my husband, my job, and my passions. And my passions are my coaching and my training. Those are my passions. So 
things go out the window, you know, nights out, girl, girls night out is not a thing for me. Like a lot, I, I have to eliminate a lot of those things, but I always say, Nico, it's temporary, like things shift and in a couple of years, it'll, it'll shift again and it'll, it'll, it'll kind of cycle through and it goes and it goes in cycles. And I've noticed it over the years, you know, when my kids were little, it was different when they were babies. Now they're, you know, nine, 10, 13, 15, 16, it's a different phase. So you have to sort of match what phase you're in and how you can, I always said that I would kind of double dip and I would run with friends. So I was socializing and exercising at the same time. I was like, that was great. That's like multitasking. <laughs> so I got the socializing out because we need to socialize, you know, that I'm not saying don't be friends with people, but I could socialize and exercise. This is a win-win for me. So things like that. But until you pursue that which makes you happy and brings you joy, only then do you discover, wow, like I can make this work. I can get up earlier if I need to exercise, if it's important to me. Or I can get up earlier if I want to read that book or watch that TV show. So I always feel like where there's a will, there's a way. And that's just kind of my answer to that. Yeah, and I really like that because I also like a lot the, the approach that you just said, thinking about it as like it can be seasonal, right? Because like sometimes yeah. when I think like, okay, I'm going to run a marathon, let's say, um, I I feel a bit overwhelming thinking that kind of like my lifestyle is going to change forever. Like I'm going to be a marathon runner and like I'm going to stop going to parties. I'm going to stop hanging out with friends. But if you see it as like, okay, for the next six months, I'm going to go after this thing and I'm going to see if I like it or not enough to make a bigger shift in my lifestyle, right? Um, so kind of like, as you said, it's so important to just like start small and start, start like, small it's gonna be a thing of three months it's gonna be a thing of six months right but that's a great example nico and and to, to piggyback on what you just said then you say you say to your friends and family hey guys listen i really want to do this i've been wanting to run a marathon for years but i'm just worried about a lot of the sacrifices i'm going to have to make so I really appreciate your support. It's only over the next couple of months. So you know what? I'm not going to be hanging out, going out to dinner, drinking a lot of beer and doing, you know, is it, you know, so they know going into it and then they'll support you and you'll see who's going to support you and who's going to not support you. And that tells you a lot too. Like, oh, Nico, you don't need to do that marathon. You Who needs to do That's ridiculous. That's silly. You know, and you're like, whoa, this is interesting. Like, You'll see who who's supportive of you and who kind of is trying to sabotage you. And it's very telling as to the people you surround yourself with and those who are like, no, let's 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 hang out early so Nico can go to bed and get up for his long run on Sunday. You know, my friends, I have good friends around the corner and they know in the summer I'm training for Ironman like every summer and I can't do stuff. And they like joke with me. But now they're like, we know Leah Leah's in. There's in-season Leah and off-season Leah. <laughs> They're like, they love off-season Leah. She's so much fun. But, but when I'm in season and I'm training, they know. Like, that's just, so you set it up, Nico. You just tell people, look, for the next couple of months, this is something really important to me. And, um, you know, just letting you guys know I'm going to be a little distracted or a little bit busy kind of, this is going to be a big focus for me. I love that. Leah, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And, I've learned a lot as every time as I speak with you. Um, thank you so much for this. And if people want to learn more about you and, and learn more about the, the projects that you're currently in, yeah. what's the best place where they can go? Um, they can go to my website, leahjansen.com. But I'm most active on Instagram. I'm at the Scrappy Athlete. And I'm running a free five-day challenge uh, starting November 29th. So that would be super fun. Go to my uh, Instagram bio and you can sign up. It's free five days. We're going to talk about goal setting and setting yourself up for 2022. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be teaching five days live every night. And just please join us. It'll be great fun. And um, I'm just eager to share ways that people can sort of get out of their own way, right? And just make this thing happen. We don't have to overthink it. We have to simplify it. and it's. It can be done, but sometimes you need a little bit of guidance, and I'm happy to do that. Awesome, Leah. Thank you so much for that. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk with you. Up until Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. This oh, is so much fun, Nico. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leah. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Hello everyone, this is Nico again, and just a few more things before you take off. If you'd like to be part of the Waku tribe to be the first one to know about the launch of exclusive flavors, special promotions, and content about health and wellness, just go to livewaku.com, that's L-I-V-E-W-A-K-U.com, and sign up for our email list. And if you sign up, I hope you enjoy being part of our community.